Hello, beautiful listeners. It's Daniel popping in just before the episode gets underway to let you know or to remind you that we have a Patreon page where you can subscribe for only $5 a month to get all kinds of beautiful perks for yourself, uh, including lots of bonus content every single week. So every episode is much longer than it appears on this podcast feed. And if you want to hear and in fact watch the entire thing, because we also put it out on YouTube for our Patreon subscribers, meaning you can read along with the lyrics. And in the case of this episode, there's like 25, maybe 30 minutes of extra content, extra material um, that you're not going to want to miss. There's extra discussion of songs, extra anecdotes, extra banter, just extra time with Carice and myself. And who doesn't want that? Uh, you'll also get custom playlists for every episode and um, exclusive access to live streams that we do for members only. And for the live streams we do for the general public, you'll get to watch them archived in perpetuity forever, the entire thing. Everyone else only gets to see certain clips that we put out. So it's really worth it five bucks a month, and that'll help us keep the show sustainable. I would love to hire a producer so that I don't have to do all this video and audio editing myself, which I do enjoy doing, but there are other things that I need to be doing with my time. And also, you might have noticed sometimes the audio isn't super consistent because I'm not actually a pro at this. Don't tell uh, anybody. But yeah, if we could get some sort of subscriber base going, then that would allow us to uh, afford to hire somebody who really knows what they're doing, and that'll help us grow the show even further. So anyway, the Patreon page where you can check out all those perks and sign up for five bucks a month is patreon.com slash let's get lyrical. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash let's get lyrical. And whether you sign up or not, thank you so much for being a listener of Let's Get Lyrical. Please subscribe to the show here on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. Uh, please rate and review the show once those platforms give you the option to do so. And most of all, please share the show with the people in your lives. Let them know we exist. We're brand new, and we would love to have uh, a huge influx of new listeners every week to find out about Let's Get Lyrical with Carice and Daniel. We're creating a world where nobody ever has to say, oh, you know, I don't listen to the lyrics. Thanks again so much, and enjoy episode two. Ciao di Roma! You, uh... Hi. You ready to do a, a podcast with me? Yes, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on, Madonna. Madonna mia. Let's, 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 let's get lyrical. So lyrical, I can get so lyrical. This is lyric. Kicking lyrics from my two years. Let's get skipping wheels of rhyme. Let's go. Lyrical, lyrical, lyrical. These words are mine. With Carice and Daniel. Hey, folks. Hi, Carice. Welcome back to Let's Get Lyrical with you and me. Yeah, with Daniel and Carice. No, I think it's Carice and Daniel, actually. I think that's how we ended up branding it. Yeah, that's it. It's Carice and yeah. Daniel. Of course. Yeah, you're, you're out front. It's, it's ladies alphabetic. First. Ladies Ooh, ladies first. Ladies, do you know that song by Queen Latifah and Moni Love? I was like, this is an actual song. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, just... yeah, yeah. From the okay, golden hip-hop no. era. Yeah, it's a great, yeah. great song. That was Play that one over my head. Chalk one up. That's that's one that's gone over your head today. We'll, we'll keep a running <laughs> count. You did say in our first episode that you, or maybe it was in the trailer, that you want to play a game to like find songs that I don't know. And I think we have a few today. Oh, cool. Okay, great. So welcome back, everybody, to uh, our little lyric podcast. One little PSA at the beginning that I, I didn't say last time, but is worth saying. Uh, we are actually the second podcast on the scene with the name Let's Get Lyrical. Uh, we started right around the same time as these guys, and it was just a total coincidence. You know, great minds think alike and pay tribute to Olivia and John alike. But there's another podcast called Let's Get Lyrical! Exclamation mark with uh, two musicians from New Orleans named Karen and Kyle, who have been really awesome about the fact that we came along with such a similar name. Ours is Let's Get Lyrical with Carice and Daniel, just to keep it really distinct, but you should totally check them out as well. But this is us, and we are doing this podcast all about song lyrics, and we're going to, you know, every episode is on a different theme or maybe a different artist, but we'll be looking at multiple songs per episode. And today, what are we talking about, Carice? 
We are talking about God. G O D. The G O D. Big G O D. G O D. As opposed to dog, D O G. Very important to get <laughs> the order right. Now, so what's your um what's oh your Definition. relationship with the big guy or the or the con the big concept? The big and concept. well no, no 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 that's good. Start with your start with your definition. That would be good. Well that's that's easier, not yeah. <laughs> it's it's too big of a the concept, I think, to grasp. But um I, I heard someone say once it's like whatever was here before us and whatever will be after this is all gone. I guess that's sort of spiritually how I see it. Um, yeah, let's that's keep a good it short. One. No, that's I, I think that's a, a a really lovely way into the idea. For me, it might have it's something yours. to do. Yeah, it might have something to do with. Well, it's. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a I'm a Star Wars baby. I grew up learning about spirituality from Yobi uh, Yobi. Yoda and Obi Wan. Yobi. Yobi. Who the hell is Yobi? It's a little yogurty little little creature. Little yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it sounds like a little mini yogurt cup brand. You know, start your morning off right with Yobi. Um, or Yo play. Uh, now Obi Wan and Yoda, who would talk about how the Force is what binds everything together. It's an organizing principle. It's a set of sort of you know how there are physical laws like gravity. Well, I think there's like metaphysical laws. If there are metaphysical laws, that's what I would say God is. It's it's the presence that's beyond our understanding, but that certainly does seem to be there. And, and, and that it's people, a force. It's a force. And that human beings throughout history on every single continent before they had any con uh, contact with each other, have had a felt sense that this is a, a, a necessary and important core part of human life. And they've had access to it and they've put a lot of time and dedication and practices into connecting with it. So whatever that is, to me, that's the, that's the version of God that I find most useful or compelling and that I can relate to the most as opposed to some dude in the sky which never made sense to me i never really got the whole concept of so he's the father of jesus <laughs> so I, I can get a bit too practical about things sometimes or too logist lo, you know logic but yeah. so he's the, the concept but he's the father of all children right yes so not just the jesus father no jesus is like his like several billionth child he's not even that high in the pecking order chronologically <laughs> so if adam was the first let me ask you about your atheism growing up were you when you say you were raised atheist do you mean you were raised with the absence of a religion or were you raised with the sort of proactive the athe proactive atheism yeah yeah although i have to say though that my my father was a son of a vicar so very sort of seriously uh religious so my dad, that was a complete um, rebellious act, of course, towards right. his dad. Um, and then, funny enough, even though my dad was very openly a god, uh, anti-god, anti I guess, or anti-concept church, whatever, um, when he died, like a few weeks, months before he died, all of a sudden, I don't know if I told you this before, but... All of a sudden, he had this little statue of Maria above his bed. Wow. So he got scared in the end because, of course, all that stuff came back. And he was, you know, he thought, oh, wait a minute. What if what if I was wrong? <laughs> I think, you know, it's very touching to see, yeah, that thing from his youth coming back. And are you clear that it was fear or, or was it just sort of a spontaneous uh, reconnection with something? Mm, who knows where he went off to, but I feel yeah. like because he was a very, that was his whole intrinsic drive for, for whatever, everything he did was his fear of, of dying. So he was mm. extremely fearful of dying. So I, I'm, mm. I'm sure that had something to do with it. I mean, mm. he even, he even, when I started to go into, <laughs> into a completely different story, but of course that's what yeah, this yeah. whole podcast is about. When he, um, heard from the doctor and I was there when they told him he hadn't, you know, had 
they couldn't do anything for him anymore. Um, after that, a message, he kept trying, whenever we saw this doctor, we kept trying to bring her gifts. And I, and I could so feel that it was to sort of, to, to sort of bribe her to say, give him something back to, mm. to, to, to keep her under, you know, as a friend. Mm. It was very, um, yeah, very sad to, 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 to witness all that anyway. Um, mm. sorry, I'm going off to topic, but, um, no, it's quite on topic. I mean, that's, uh, that's a powerful thing to witness. How old were you when your dad died? Uh, it was 2016. So a few years ago. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, so the so I don't know anything about the Bible. Like Cain and Abel, I had to actually look up. Okay, and I and I'm not per se proud of that because it, in my work, it's very often very unhandy that I don't know anything about it. Right. Have you ever had to play a religious character? Well, happily, that Melisandre in Game of Thrones was just had a completely sort of made up uh, religion. Of course, yeah, she was a, pa- uh, a, a pagan. Yeah, so I didn't have to. I didn't have to know anything. Of course, there's references, I'm sure, about also to all sorts of things that I sort of didn't pick up on. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, but in, you know, in general, like in, in art history or in theater history, there's so much reference that I sort of um, never automatically got. Yeah, I'm going to the Sistine Chapel tomorrow. I'm going to learn a lot. Oh checking out the Vatican and you know, one of the popes just died. So I imagine that's yeah. going to be quite oh, the same. Yeah. Being there must be something. Being, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't seen any sort of mourning throughout the city, uh, but I do expect it'll be, there'll be something going on there. I, I just came from the old, uh, the Jewish, uh, one of the main Jewish synagogues of the former Jewish ghetto here in Rome. And that was beautiful. And I grew up Jewish. I had a bar mitzvah. Um, I like the I like some of the Bible stories as as myth, you know, as mm-hmm. as self-conscious cultural sources of a way of looking at the world. And one of the things yeah. I like about the Jewish tradition, um, my dad actually said this in an interview recently with um, an interviewer, a podcaster, Ellie Nash, who grew up in the Orthodox Jewish community in Brooklyn. And my dad said that you know his favorite part of the Jewish tradition, aside from the prophetic tradition to speak out for justice is the tradition of wrestling with and disagreeing with even even the rabbis even the text and interpreting and wrestling and, and wondering about things and not taking things you know that faith means something different than blind obedience mm. or conformity and um mm. i always appreciated that about growing up jewish of course i didn't grow up orthodox jewish but um it's always felt like there's quite a bit of room to find my own connection with the idea. Although I've certainly gone way outside the Jewish tradition in order to have any sense of what that is. I don't, I don't think about, I don't talk about God a lot, but I have a felt sense of what that, the world of that word, you know, partly through doing, I've had some psychedelic experiences and I would say it's not like they instilled any new beliefs in me but they cured me of some old non-beliefs and feelings of being connected to something much bigger and more mysterious. But it, it's not like that then gave me a new worship system or something like that. Mm. It was more that it, it took away a certain feeling of isolation and loneliness and jadedness. Yeah. You know, it, it was, um, so yeah, that's how I relate to it. One of the things I love about all the songs we're going to be looking at is ever, you know, lyrics can come at God in so many different ways. And um, I'm curious to see which, uh, well, we have a list, so I already know which ones you brought, but uh, let, you want to get into it and see what these yeah, let's do lyr- it. lyricists have to say about God? Why don't we start with a song that I know you and I both love? Um, yeah, it's probably in my top 10 of songs. Period? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's extraordinary. Because I can, uh, it's and again, never get sick of it. I just, yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's musical reasons for that too, and we can talk yeah, about them. I guess so, let's yeah. let's just look at the lyrics. I don't think I've ever sat down and, and, and paid attention to them. How they went from like Surf and Safari and Little Deuce Coop and Help Me Rhonda to writing this kind of music mm-hmm. is just mind blowing. I mean, it it's as mind blowing as the 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 transformation the Beatles made. You know. 
I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. So a few things. What what do you want to say about it, Chris? Um, yeah, it's, it sort of has that very romantic, beautiful harmony, harmony, satisfying sound. But then at the same time, it's like, it's basically, I'm going to kill myself if you leave me. Yeah. Sort of. And and delivered in this very depressed, kind of self-pitying, but very sweet tone. But it's, yeah, you don't quite get it. It really is a cry for help, you know? Mm-hmm. So many love songs are, by the way. It's true, but I mean, this one has the at least has the like the courage to be super honest and transparent about it. You know, like yeah. it's 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 very vulnerable, but but also kind of creepy. And you know what's remarkable? I didn't. I mean, obviously, I've heard the song a million times. I never noticed that the first line of the song is "I may not always love you." Yeah, and then it turns turns around. But what's listen to this this exactly listen to this turnaround. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. What does that lyric say to you? Just on its own. Uh, well, first it sounds like he's the one in sort of in charge. Um of whether this is going to work out or not, whether there's someone asking his something of him and he's trying to sort of, um, what do you call that? Um, Confirm? No, how do you say that? Confirm? No. Uh, Defer? Like not commit? No, so funny enough, I, I used to think that he sort of said, it, it, it actually felt a bit um, painful, the first line. Mm-hmm. Unless it means I may not always, but what is always? Because always, mm. the stars are going to be there always. So in our concept of always, it's going to be always. But who knows if the star, if the, if everything changes and the stars are not going to be there, then who I don't know. Oh, well, that would be nice if that's what it meant. That's not what I get from it at all, actually. What is, what is your What's your thing? Well, so it could, I, I get two things. I'm like, here's the nicer version. I may not always love you, meaning like there are days when I'm not such a fan of yours, but that would be, mm-hmm. I may not always like you. Mm-hmm. So I really do think it it means what it sounds like. It means I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. I'm always going to, It's it's so important to me that you believe I love you. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. if you left me, I'd be useless. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to put my focus on how you feel about me because yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. totally codependently need you <laughs> to believe that I feel this way about you always. And I can't be relied upon to always love you because I'm a narcissistic, depressive mess. But as long as there are stars above you, I'm going to make sure that you're sure about it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a real uh, proactive task for him to make sure that he, she's not going to go by letting her know yeah yeah and i i've been there i know what that's Mm. like to like be ambivalent in a relationship yet compulsively i'm still making sure that the other person is rock solid about me it's crazy it's totally crazy making it's horrible Mm -hmm. i'm grown i've grown out of that i think Mm -hmm. glad to say but like i can i can that's why i interpret it that way because that that resonates with a part of me you know yeah, I guess it's a bit, a little bit like when it's a little bit like when you're separated, you sort of don't want to be with the person because you're separated, but you also don't want this person to go off with someone else. So you sort of keeping them in a place that's not exactly. Free, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Yeah. But that's, I, I have always sort of listened to this as, yeah, I might not always love you. Oh, I have to be alert here. You know, what do you mean? I may not always love you. 
But then <laughs> I've always been felt sort of uh, relaxed by the fact, but as long as there's stars above you, which is always. Yeah, but then he just fine. says. But right, but then he does. But but he doesn't say as long as there are stars above you, I'm going to be committed to you. He says as long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. Mm-hmm. But I hear you. It, I. Which, also, what, what do you want to read into it? You know, it's also sort of so. Um, and I love love it when lyrics and music play against each other a little bit. You know, and the sweetness of it of the music is incredible. And another thing I really love about it is the, um, the rhythmic scan of it. And now I'm going to get a little lyric nerd technical here as as a lyricist myself. There's this very, very consistent rhythmic motif throughout the song. It's, uh, dun, 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 this rolling triplety feel. Mm-hmm. And then the, so, you know, and he sticks to it rigidly. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you know, the little variation, on it, you never need to doubt it. And meanwhile, the melody is ramping up and up. And then that was terrible, but you got it. And then with the hook, he takes the same rhythm, but he extends it. And God only knows what I feel about you. And what that's the that's the culmin- that little culmination right. uh, on yeah. the chorus hook. So based around the same uh, rhythm, but with a little a few extra syllables. It's um, I think the 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 technical instincts are really um, so because it's it's hypnotic. It sweeps you up, and it it builds and it builds, and it is very compelling and convincing and i think it would take a very boundaried person to be like i'm sorry could we go back to your first line there that you said that you may not always love me i want to talk about that part before we get on to like your suicidality because i'm interested in that part yeah well so and interesting we haven't even talked about god but he uses god in the hook but also a bit flippantly like oh god only knows it's more like a saying it's not i don't feel like he's actually connected to him do you think? No, no, he's not. I mean, he's, he's, it's an expression. He's saying, you know, it's beyond. Yeah, I human. say that as well. Yeah. God, God only knows. knows. Yeah. And I yeah. don't even know who I'm referring to basically. Yeah. Oh, so thank you for saying God knows because now we can look at a Tupac song of that title, which I had forgotten about, which is really one of his best songs. I think. Oh, bring it on Lord or God. Oh, Lord knows. I'm sorry. Lord knows. <laughs> wah, wah. Well, I want to listen to it anyway, a little no, bit. Go for it. It's a, it's a synonym, damn it. Lord knows. So it's really a lament, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a sadness in that mm. and that, you know, if I wasn't high, I'd probably try to blow my brains out. But then a year later, he's invoking God in the way that I think sometimes people do where they're like, only God can judge me. Like, I don't need to be accountable to human beings because I've got <laughs> God. And I love this song, but it's much darker. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got the second verse. Isn't that something? I don't know, I can't find the word, but I feel almost like dirty what listening to this, you know, it's sort of with all my privilege and stuff. It's also, yeah. I mean, that is a dynamic of being a uh, a comfortable and, let's face it, white rap fan. Um, you're listening in on, but really for anybody who grew up in a situation more, adva- more advantaged than this, but especially those of us on the other side of the chocolate vanilla divide, as Cornell West would say, uh, 
what in, but just in terms of sheer lyrical skill and mm-hmm. and and poetry to me i hear the doctor st- standing over me screaming can i make it got a body full of bullet holes lying here naked still i can't breathe something's evil in my iv because every time i breathe i think they're killing me and he's so good with these pauses he's like still i can't breathe mm. um I'm having nightmares, homicidal fantasies. I wake up strangling, dangling in my bed sheets. I call the nurse because it hurts to reminisce. You hear that little internal around yeah. there? I call the nurse because it hurts to reminisce. How did it come to this? I wish they didn't miss. Hope people don't mind me doing the little cadences here. First of all, I'm a hip-hop karaoke two-time finalist for the in New York City. So I, I, really? I, love, I love rapping. But also... <laughs> You can only really appreciate rap lyrics if you appreciate the cadences and the pauses and all of that. It's it's part of the. It's not just mm-hmm. words on, on page, you know. Um, I'm walking through the cemetery, talking to the dirt. I'd rather die like a man than live like a coward. And then he, by the end of the verse, he spins into this incredible political dissertation. And he had this side to him: "There's a ghetto up in heaven, and it's ours." Pause. Black power pause is what we scream as we dream in a paranoid state again one of those internal rhymes and our fate is a lifetime of hate dear mama can you save me and fuck peace so the minute he goes to like a vulnerable thing with dear mama he remembers like his militant side and his mom was uh, a black panther a militant black panther or is i think was what? yes his mother is still alive his aunt was asada shakur um, who, and I think who was like pursued by the FBI for being in the, in the black Panthers anyway, because the streets got our babies. We got to eat no more hesitation. Each and every black males trapped and they wondering while we're suicidal running around strapped. Mr. Police, please try to see that it's a million motherfuckers dressing just like me. Only God can judge me. Right. <sighs> it, it's in the, in the myth of normal, the book, my dad and I wrote, we talk about the compassion of context which is not just feeling for somebody, but understanding where they're coming from mm-hmm. before you try to even help somebody. You have to fully extend your empathic imagination to understand the history and the background, the multi-generational mm-hmm. stuff. And that's what he's saying when he, he's like pleading with a police officer, please try to see that what you see on the surface of our behavior, there's something going on underneath mm-hmm. it and way way in the in you know stretching back a long time yeah but that's of course the sadness that there's no there's no time for that there's no space there's no room there's no empathy no exactly so it's, actually it's, i i said yeah. that this song was cynical but it's actually not it now that i look at it again it's very sincere hmm. and spiritual and self-assertive too there's so much sort of toughness in that sort of, and then he says a bit before a bit going back here, because even thugs cry. Then he becomes so desperate for like two lines or one and a half. Yes. And so small and vulnerable. And then, yeah. And then, but to do the Lord care. Right. And then he, and then he bucks up. I'd rather die like a man uh, than live like a coward. Yeah. This album happened after he'd, there had already been an attempt on his life and he had been in the hospital. So that verse about flatlining and the doctor standing over him, that's actually based on an experience he'd already had, which really did sour him. It, it, it made him a lot more jaded. So that's one way of invoking God. Where should we go next? Ooh. Um, what else do we have? Like, I, I don't, I only had like, Oh, we have God's comic. We have God's song. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we do Randy? See, here's here's a song I don't know. Randy Newman. Oh, good. And I've had people favorably compare my songwriting to Randy Newman's, which is oh, really? a, a total compliment. Wow. And, uh, and I don't know him that well. So I'm I'm glad that you um, brought him up. I mean, I, I have up. to say, just before we're going to listen to this, this is a song like when I went to theater school and I went to this sort of musical theater school. Mm-hmm. A song that some people was in in the repertoire of some um, of some people in my class, and I'm I don't even remember if I sang it myself, but it was one of those classics that you had to do, perform in front of the class. 
Really? Um, yeah. You know, so there was like, you know, there was a piano player there and you just, you performed this for the class and then he would, the, the teacher would talk about it. It's how you could, you know, what, what they thought you did with that and how you can do it differently. And this is where I got my, my song skills. Not really. Cause you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, a technical singer necessarily, but it was always about the story and whether you could bring this song across. Um, well, so that's my memory to this song, but oh, also honey. now thinking, this is looking at it, again, at it again, whether I even got the gravity of that back then, you know, mm -hmm. what the song really was about. But let's see. You, you were how old? Uh, just, you know, in, in theater school, like in early 20s. Okay. 19, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know that Randy Newman is definitely one of these writers who makes you listen to his lyrics, and I have hella respect for that. So let's listen. Hmm. Lord said I burn down your city How blind you must be I take from you your children And you say How blessed are we My goodness You all must be crazy Put your faith in me that's that's why I love me and then this you really need me that's why I love me really need me you really need me wow oh, it just talk gives about, me goosebumps talk about, a, talk about a sub dom relationship <laughs> yeah yeah <sighs> Anno dominatrix. Uh, so what do you say? Uh, well, it's very cynical and, mm -hmm. and dark and sly. Uh, yeah. Man needs means nothing. He means less to me than the lowliest cactus flower or the humblest yucca tree. I mean, this is when you know you have a real lyricist. He's, does, he's not going to just say the humblest, uh, you know, pick some generic flower. He's actually... Mm -hmm. He's talking an Old Testament God, so he picks desert flora, uh, you know, the yucca tree, the cactus flower. He chases around this desert because he thinks that's where I'll be. Uh, you might, you all must be crazy to put your faith in me. How we laugh up here in heaven at the prayers you offer me. That's why I love mankind. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, but it's hmm. you know as much as you sort of. It makes it a, a bit of a villain. Of course, it's 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 beyond that. It's also just putting everything back at the humans themselves. Like it's just, yeah. you know, it's not just I'm a you know God is bad or everyone's crazy to believe in God. It's just that, yeah, the way he sort of flippantly talks talks about stuff is how we look at stuff as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, you do feel like. Newman is showing us a mirror of like, look at what we normalize and what we overlook and what we bypass by means of spirituality. Mm -hmm. talk, talk about spiritual bypass. Like, I don't know that he's saying the idea of God is bullshit, but he is saying there's a disconnect as we pray and worship and glorify and then get on with our lives and don't connect the dots between like, we must not be very right with God. If this is how we're like, either God is a cruel sadist or we have lost the plot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's, it, it might be, I hope it's the la the letter. Cause I think, you know, it's even yeah. smarter. Um, and of course it's also like, where's your own responsibility? Like what, why blame me? <laughs> you know, why? Yeah. Yeah, this. absolutely. And we keep crawling. It, I, that's why I love mankind. You keep crawling back. Yeah. I, there's nothing I can do to you that'll make you stop outsourcing everything onto me and believing that I'm going to help you. 
Yeah. Well, that's very, um, that connects well to the next song that, uh, that I have on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, It's also the, the the music, of course, is so sort of sober and funeral. Oh, yeah. yeah, funereal. It's this this dark minor blues, which yeah. is Newman's specialty. He's so good at taking bluesy um, musical ideas and inverting them and subverting your expectations with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And there's always that sort of. Uh, <sighs> heavy melancholy yeah. dark stuff hanging around him even in his fun songs obviously there's always that that tone it's not quite the song from toy story is it you got a friend in me <laughs> that's probably his, his yeah he's probably <laughs> laughing about that song he has one song that makes me cry every time i hear it called when she loved me i don't even know if that i know that Oh, it's beautiful. I'll play it for you some other time. The real emotional um, girl always gets to me as well. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, XTC, a British band that I'm getting to know the more that I um, realize how amazing they are. Uh, and this is from the human side of things, uh, kind of answering answering the challenge in mm-hmm. uh, from, from from Randy Newman. Wow. I mean, there's <laughs> so many things you can say about this, of course. Dear God, hope you get the letter, and I hope you, I, I pray you can make it better down here. I don't mean a big reduction in the price of beer. It's a really funny way to start things out. It starts mm. off light. You actually think it's going to be a lighthearted kind of, and it, you got a, a little kid singing it. Yeah. So it's got a kind of cutesy thing. You have no, I had no idea how dark it was going to get. But all the people that you made in your image see them starving on their feet because they don't get enough to eat from God. And he does that trick again in the second verse. See them, And all the people that you made in your image see them fighting in the street because they can't make opinions meet about God. Mm-hmm. So he, like what he's doing with that, with that little turnaround is he's saying to God, we're suffering down here because of you mm-hmm. and, about, and about you. Even our fights are about you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not even that you've abandoned us. It's that you're fucking us up. As yeah. as Al Pacino, as Al Pacino uh, said in Glengarry Glen Ross to Kevin Spacey. I love that film so much. Oh my god. Yeah. Why you are put here is to help us. Does that seem clear to you? To help us, not to fuck us up. <laughs> Ferry, you company man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that film. Um, but it's also, you know, I also feel I, I actually heard it as this is this younger boy. It's it's the same guy, but older, and he's still not believing. But who knows? It doesn't matter. But even angrier. Yeah, but of course, yeah. And this is before it was about beer when he was sixteen. Yeah. And now it's like about bigger stuff. Oh, I love um, that. I, and I mean, I, I don't like know the, if it was meant like that, but that's how I heard it. What I love about our podcast is we can make it mean whatever we make it mean. Mm-hmm. That's what the yeah. great thing about lyrics. Uh, did you make mankind after we made you and the devil too? And then I actually thought when I first heard this, that it was going to kind of end after this first. Dear, dear God, don't know if you noticed, but your name is on a lot of quotes in this book. <laughs> That's a fun little, inter- a little yeah. tricky, tricky. I'm noticed, but 
a lot of quotes in this book and us crazy humans wrote it. You should take a look and all the people that you made in your image. And I love how he keeps that line constant in every single verse, you know, still mm -hmm. believing that junk is true. Well, I know it ain't. So do you, dear God. And mm -hmm. he starts to fade out. I can't believe in. I don't believe in. And then he goes into this, this pounding rant. section, this rant. In the middle of it, there's this extended rhyme, which always has the effect of such build, you know. I mean, the music builds, but uh, the pearly gates, no thorny crown. You're always letting us humans down. The wars you bring, the babes you drown, those lost at sea and never found. And it's the same the whole world round. The hurt I see helps to compound. You know, mm. that that's a technique, I think. That's a device of building tension. And then he releases it with, with the most blasphemous lyrics in the whole song. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is just somebody's unholy hoax. And if you're up there, you'll perceive that my heart's here upon my sleeve. If there's one thing I don't believe in, it's you, dear God. But the fact that he's, that's the irony, the fact that he is singing it to the God that he doesn't believe in. Yes, exactly. But it's also, you know, I also, when I, when I read and hear it, A, I'm like, I feel a bit bad for God. It's like, how the fuck can you live up to all the expectations? You're never yep. going to be doing all the things right. B, did he appoint himself like we wanted to believe in him yeah we made we made that up exactly or we want that we want to divide the world in in good and evil and and god and the devil absolutely so, so i'm also a bit like on the other side like then don't believe in him because you can be you can't be disappointed but yeah easy to, for me to say because i'm an atheist you know well, or, what's what's I don't what's, know if I'm an atheist, but you know what I mean. What yeah. I love is what I love is that Randy Newman's song, "Song from the Point of View of God," makes you have empathy for humans, and this song, written from the point of view of an angry human, makes you have empathy for God. All right, well, so here's a song that I think kind of splits. The, what it actually doesn't split the difference uh, between the two, but it takes a slightly different angle. A more, um. I mean, it's Tori Amos, so she's always got an interesting sideways take, and this one has a kind of um, um, feminist angle to it. God, sometimes you just don't come through. God, sometimes you just don't come through. You need a woman to look after you. God, sometimes you just have to go back and watch the actual video it looks amazing we were looking at the lyrics yeah. but but those i mean i think that's such an incredible song yeah i mean i'm so um unaware of her sadly i have to say i'm i'm late to her i'm very very late to her this album under the pink is the first one that i've really gotten into it's it's the one with cornflake girl on it and this mm -hmm. is the second song it's I mean, just the, the 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 strange sideways angle. And she grew up, I think, the daughter of a of a minister. You know, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. She was definitely like a classically trained kid, but she definitely grew up with a lot of church in her life. I think. Right. And um. And there's a lot of Jesus imagery. And like erotic um, God imagery in her songs. Um, I mean, her first single was called Crucify. Mm -hmm. You know, why do we crucify ourselves every day? Uh, and talking back to God and questioning God in very sly, subversive ways that I think only a woman could write. Like, mm -hmm. God, sometimes you just don't come through. It's not quite XTC being like, fuck you, God, you know. Yeah, it's so, uh, so it was sort of subtle and sort of a bit um, not passive aggressive, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 chiding and it's it's almost talking down to God, cutting yeah. God down to size, you know. And you know, do you need a woman to look after yeah, you? Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> you know, a few witches burning gets a little toasty here. That's such a Tori Amos line. Um, well. Tell me you're crazy. Maybe then I'll understand. You got your nine nine iron in the back seat, just in case. Basically, he's like a golf playing like deadbeat. You know, 
Heard you've gone south. Well, babe, you love your new four wheel. I gotta find find why you always go where why you always go when the wind blows. And then she reads from the Bible this very misogynist line: "Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings." Basically, that's the original "bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks." You know, like don't 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 trust a woman. We don't love you, hoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And then this fantastic bridge. Will you even tell her if you decide to make the sky fall? Will you even tell her if you decide to make the sky? Period. Yeah. So smart. It's pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also funny because, again, there's, you know, obviously a background there. Yes. Which... I can, you know, I can see it as a, I can see it in that context, but personally I can see where she's coming from and I understand, but, but for me, again, like, I'm like, why do you even talk to this guy? (laughs) Why are you even talking to him? Well, I think when you, when, I think when you grow up with this, having this imposed on you. Well, that's what I mean. Like for me, it's easy to say because I don't have that. Exactly. Yeah. But also people, what's interesting is that people who leave the church or any religion, you know, who grow up in it and then leave it, they still, I think a lot of people find it difficult to reject it completely because it's, Mm. it's, they've had a lot of important experiences, but they've developed a relationship with this thing, even if it's fraught. Mm -hmm. And also generational, it's intergenerational as well. This of course. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. For, for for some reason, I don't know why that then sort of stops with me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Who I knows? I don't know if that's a bad thing. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. And of course, it's up to each person. Some people don't grow up religious and they find religion. So who knows? Maybe your mm. son will end up, end up being mm. a, a vicar as well. Maybe it skips a generation or two because generations. I can, under- I can understand the, the, the urge and the, you know, the... the I can I, I do understand that it's, it's just that there's no reference in me personally. I have no yes. yeah, zero reference, which is also again like a, a lack in my development, I find, you know. Well, so you bit. would have to, you would have to have a direct divine revelation. You'd you'd have to be visited. I think so. Who knows? It could have it, it may well happen to me because I just, you know, when I was in New York last I just gave all my money to some person who saw all sorts of stuff in me. So I'm very susceptible <laughs> to lots of things. So, you know, I uh, never you listening, say God? You listening, God? You got, a, you got a willing dupe right here. Easy mark. Because I think he's also, up. you know, if he's there, I think there's also a really nice side to him. Because there's also beautiful stuff out there. But anyway, you know. <laughs> Should we listen to one more um, Shaking Your Fist at God song? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So th- this is also from a musical. Um, I have a few songs from musicals today. Uh, now this, uh, have you seen Book of Mormon? Yes. <laughs> this is, uh, an incredible song. I think, I, I think it's, uh, I laughed to tears the first time I heard this. Excuse me, sir, but, but what exactly does that phrase mean? Well, let's see. Ibowai means God, and Hasadika means fuck you. So I guess in English it would be fuck you, God. Hasadika Ibowai. What? When God fucks you in the butt. Hasadika Ibowai. Fuck God right back in his cunt. Hasadika Ibowai. The build of the comedy. Just the rollout is just fucking genius. I mean, the thing about them is if they didn't take things all the way, it wouldn't work. Yeah. It's just going to say like, yeah, they so go over the board and further, they can't go back. So they have to. Yeah. It's incredible. It's (laughs) incredible. And um, Bobby Lopez co-wrote the score with them. But I mean, you know, from the show and he really, I think, gave it that musical theater sheen, but they're big musical theater fans. This is, I think, having the most fun of all the, the, the talking back to God songs. Um, oh man, they must have had so much fun making this. Oh my God, yes. 
Yeah. yeah. Imagine being in the original cast or any, or being in the cast at all. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it twice and loved it twice. Like it was the, the main, what's that character with the, how was that song that he, the suppressed gay? Oh, uh, turn it off. Yeah. I love that song. Oh yeah. Every song is and the song I believe and I am Africa. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, it's this We Are the World parody where it's basically yeah, yeah. like, I'm a white European and like, I am Africa. I, I am the gazelles on the Serengeti. I am the Lion King. You know, Africans are African, but I am Africa. <laughs> it's, about, <laughs> it's about white people, you know, getting their identity from other people's cultures. Uh, yeah. and, and, and speaking of what you were talking about earlier in terms of humans making God mm-hmm. and taking responsibility for that. The turn that I didn't see coming at the end of the show, which I thought really um, redeemed it, not necessarily that it needed it, but it could have just been a crude, um, it could have left me with sort of a dirty feeling, like also having fun at the expense of these mm-hmm. poor, miserable people with AIDS and mm-hmm. talking about female decision. Like it's, it's when you actually think about it and most of the audience is white, you know, so there's a yeah. kind of inequality to it and, and the, yeah. the creators were all white, but the plot twist that I absolutely love is that when uh, the schlub, Elder Cunningham, uh, uh, s- starts lying and making up this whole myth about, uh, he basically tells, he's, he tries to give them a version of the history of Mormonism that they'll relate to. And he makes up all this stuff about Joseph Smith having AIDS and fucking frogs and, uh, and fucking babies to try and cure his AIDS and all this stuff. And, and they all get into it and they do this. And when, and then the, the church comes, you know, the, the elders come to Uganda and they, the, the Africans put on this, this play for them, this pageant, you know, and they act it out and it's, they're all horrified, but it, but it turns out the Africans know it's bullshit. They know it's just a story, but they like it. <laughs> like it does something for them, but they know full well that it's made up much more than the Mormons actually do. Mm-hmm. And they're connected to a sense of the mythic that yeah, yeah. you choose what to believe based on what actually gives you meaning and, and empowers yeah. you. And yeah. I found that actually really, really touching at the end of this crude, vulgar, sometimes cruel show. It actually has a real heart to it, which, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. is, is a real accomplishment. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That connects to what you were that. talking about, right? You were talking about how, like, we made him up, so why don't we take responsibility for the meaning we make about him? And that's exactly yeah. what they do. Yeah. And yeah, it, so, I in the end, the ending, but yeah, 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 it's true. Yeah. It's in, in the end, it's not a show that hates religion. It's just encouraging us to not take ourselves so seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're in the, in the same boat. Like we all do that. It's not like that group of people is crazy because they are worshiping we're all looking for something, but and you know what? And, and even, and, and the most hardcore atheists are some of the most fundamentalist people I know, you know, like there's a, like there's a kind of worship of rationality and science and yeah, which is actually not me. I, it's not no, I me. Like when I don't, when I say I'm an atheist, I sort of, I was raised without religion or without knowing of religion and it not being in my, in my surroundings. But yeah, when you look at Ricky Gervais or something, you know, like that is or Sam Harris or yeah, these guys. Yeah. That's fundament that those fundamentalists that I'm like, I don't, I, as much as I adore him. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, to a certain point, to a certain extent I am with him, but then when it comes to spirituality is where I lose him. Well, because he's, he, he gets, he becomes his David Brent character. Oh, am I triggering you? Oh, am I? Oh, I'm being I love that British now. accent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, religious people, if you're offended, I don't care. Yeah. You know, that sounded a little Australian. But that, that sort of, he's, he's, just a, he's just a bit of a, a twerp when it comes to that stuff. And he, he is, yeah, he, he, he has his, his dogmatic belief that there is no God. Yeah, that it's just over. It's just dirt and, you know, it might it might very well be. But how 
if we if why, we if we don't know that he's not there, how do we do? No, if we, you know, what I'm trying to say. Yes. Why be you, so fundamental about it? It's like there's an what arrogance. Do you and, know? and evangelical too. What is his stand-up comedy except trying to convert? And Bill Maher too. Bill Maher made a huge movie called Religial Religious. You know basically making fun of religion and what's he trying to do, but to persuade and convert people to his, his way of seeing things. So that mm-hmm. the, this, there's a lot of shadow stuff here, you, you know, in the Jungian sense, like the, what you don't like about what you reject in yourself, you're going to judge. In yeah. Other there's, there's, you know, in that sort of anger or in that sort of convertism, I don't know if that's a word, but there, it feels there's also sort of, a bit of suppression or whatever it is that, yes. that some stuff that can't be, I don't know. That's, it's a shame because I really, I was so with him and then I lose him. But, but, um, the atheist, the atheist doth protest too much. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, again, like, uh, I, 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 I dream about him once in a while, like that we have a loving relationship and stuff. You know, I have a real, he reminds me of my dad. Maybe it is that sort of atheist kind of vibe. Um, so there's well, that I'll, again, the, the love hate. Yeah. I mean, I think he can also be a little bit, oh, am I offending you? Like on other social issues and stuff, like whatever you think about the issues, his attitude towards it can be very, very snotty. Um, yeah. But I will always love him for the British office, which is just one of the greatest things oh my goodness. Ever, ever created. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know who said that? Dolly Parton. And people say she's just a pair of tits. <laughs> but, I, but, but what I do love about him is that he is, in fact, a very beautiful actor. Like he, he is so, yes, he can, can be, be yeah. so subtle. You know, he's, when he speaks, he's so fundamental. But, but when, he, when he acts, you know, there's a scene where he's in the Big Brother um, celebrity house. And he looks at the camera and he and he talks to his friend who he lost along the way trying to get famous. And he's just pouring his heart out in that big brother house to that camera to her. And he starts crying. And it's so beautiful. Mm. So I know that he has this, he, I know he's a sensitive soul. I know he's a fragile person somewhere, but he doesn't let us, he only lets us see that in his Acting, I guess. Well, and, and didn't, fair enough. And didn't didn't he do a show about ghosts or about at least about grief and and yes, death he and... did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. There's a very very sensitive person in there. I think very, but yeah. Anyway, well, I, I am speak... slightly obsessed with him in in a sort of funny way. Well, speaking of gods and comics, we have our uh, an Elvis Costello song. Actually, two Elvis Costello songs with God in the title. Next up, but I think. We've been going for a while and our listeners don't have godlike patience necessarily or <laughs> or all the time in the universe, shall we say. <laughs> um, so why don't we cap it there, call this part one, and we'll do a part two next week. Yeah. Good idea. And for, and for those people who would like as much Let's Get Lyrical with Chris and Daniel content as humanly or more than humanly possible... You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash let's get lyrical. And one of the perks you get is extended episodes. So you'll get this episode, but with all the stuff that I cut out on the editing room floor and you'll get a full YouTube version of it. So you can read along with us on the screen, which is really helpful when you're talking about lyrics Um, among other great perks, which you can read about at the Patreon site. Um, If you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. If there's an option to like and rate and review we would really appreciate it it does wonders for the algorithm and if there isn't i'm going to make sure that we get that set up we are kind of flying by the seat of our pants here and with god's help (laughs) this podcast this godcast will go on for a long time (laughs) any final prayers blessings carice or should we oh i could just call it amen i'm just gonna call it amen let the choir sing. Uh, all right. See you next time. God bless you all. <laughs>
every one of us. Let's get it. Podcast, 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 podcast.